Hey, welcome to We Ruined Everything. I'm Kayla. And I'm David. And today is Friday the 13th when we're recording this. And it's a full moon. So that's our excuse for all our mess-ups today. Yeah. This is our podcast where we talk about everything from movies to the patriarchy. We're a married millennial couple. And we have no direction for the show. So we just talk about whatever we want to right now. Yeah. The full moon made me do it. It's the waves, dude. <laughs> so far, we've just been reviewing movies, but... It just so happens we didn't really watch a movie this week at all. Uh, instead, we were watching a TV show on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Carnival yeah. Row. Carnival Row. So Carnival Row happens Victorian London-ish. It, it's not really London. It's not really the UK. It's I think they use a right. well, like yeah. a stand-in for it. It's harder to put fantasy in locations that we know in the modern day because it's really hard to make allowances bright, try to do that, but then you start asking questions like, well, if there were dragons, how did we get to where we're at? How do we have the modern era? If we have magic and stuff like that. I mean, they explain where what they call the Fae come from. So they say that a few years ago, humans discovered an undiscovered place where all these creatures were living. I missed the first one or two episodes in death because it, it starts off kind of slow. Uh, so I missed all of that. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. So they, it's recent. So electricity's already been uh Introduced. Discovered, yeah. Because yeah. they, they could have went steampunk with it, but now they're going straight into, like, Victorian era. I'm assuming that's going to lead into something big next season, uh, you know. But it's really great, and it, it hits a lot of societal anxieties um, really well. Like About outsiders yeah. and refugees and... People who were born there to begin with and are now feeling... Mm-hmm. The push and but who look different, yeah, who have different religions. It's done all, I don't want to say done sensitively, it's as sensitive as you can get, I guess, when you're trying to tell this kind of story. Um, I know me, I am a person of color, and a lot of those things really re- resonated with me in the show, especially. Um, there's a Fawn character on there, his story is one of the hardest. In the show, because it's not filled with fanciful stuff. It's pretty hardcore, hits racism straight on. And I remember I was reading an interview with uh, the guy who wrote the Carnival, who created it. They asked Beecham, like, it's a very inclusive show. There's people of all races, all colors, all body types. But uh, he said specifically they wanted a black man to play this Fawn character, who is a Fawn who gets money who moves into the upper class and is still treated very badly because he's not what everybody... The upper class there is made up of just humans for the most part. And he has some very pointed things to say and very pointed things happen to him in this. And he said, we don't want that kind of stuff coming out of, you know, just some white guy with horns on him. It made it that much more real. And that was, that was one of the greatest storylines and the way it, it approached that kind of stuff that I've seen in a long time. Orlando Bloom does really great in this. He does. I'm not sure that 
ever thought he was a great actor <laughs> because in both Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Lord of the Rings, he just kind of played a dude who's just there, didn't have a lot to do. Um, so I didn't really know he could act. I mean, he's grizzled now. I did like him in Elizabeth Town. So, to see him in this role, he actually had to act (laughs) because he was the lead character. He's got some years on him now. He looks intimidating. His physicality in this is really great, too. Uh, I mean, he just plays like an old Victorian bruiser really well. Slightly more refined, but yes. Slightly more refined, but still, like, he gets in some scrapes. He's a a really good character, and it showed some range on his part. Mm -hmm. Um, I like him, and I kind of want to see him this version of Orlando Bloom and more stuff, and I hope I do. And I feel pretty much the same about Kara's character. They don't fall into the typical traps of certain tropes where she's the manic pixie dream girl or they're not trying to fridge her or nerve her so she has to be rescued. She's not, you know, the typical heroine, which is nice to see. She is her own person she is her own hero mm-hmm. and much like Orlando Bloom in this they're both their own heroes and it, it's played very well and I wish more shows trusted their audience enough to do that I mean you like the political intrigue a little bit more than I do I was gonna say yeah there's a lot of politics in it which I do enjoy I you know am a West Wing fan so I like all the discussion over policy and and political strategy and there's not just a ton of that actually in this show but the main storyline is about Orlando Bloom's character who's an investigator trying to find a murderer who's going around killing people because that's what a murderer is um I haven't said that there are some Lovecraftian themes in this, which I love. Oh my gosh, of I, course. Oh, anybody who knows me lo- knows I love me some Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> I love me some Lovecraft. So, Not the dude, just the stories he inspired. Just the stories inspired, yeah. Dude's kind of a piece of crap. So I read an interview with Beecham, who wrote this. He said it was really hard to figure out how to put magic and stuff like that, and so he just started using things in the past that people believed rituals that people perform except in this world things that people put down to superstition are now actual magic it's a really smart way to do magic in a fantasy show without having it be all-encompassing i mean it's just part of their religion they have people that can do some magic the pixies wings are pretty interesting and that they almost have a reptilian look they look like if tinkerbell was live action the full-size version from hook Oh, I forgot. There was a live action. Yeah, and she was full size in there. <laughs> uh, so Carnival Row, great show. Really, re- sometimes a little bit too hard in the social commentary. So, I mean, go in with that. If you want to go into a show that's going to help you forget about the real world, this probably isn't it. <laughs> but if you're a glutton for punishment like me, you're going to love it. Anything else we want to talk about Carnival Row? So Jared Harris is in it also. Yes. Who's one of our favorite actors. Yes. I've loved him for a long time. First time I remember seeing him is Fringe, where he played a bad guy. He's pretty much played that smart character in everything I've seen him. Yeah, 
he's a guy whose face I knew, but I couldn't tell you from where originally. He's that I just guy. recently, yeah, learned his name. But I I wish I'd known who he was for a while now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Carnival Row. We we recommend it a lot. I just really enjoyed the world building. It's very smartly done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you mentioned Harry Potter earlier. And in those movies, because I never read the books, um, the magic world and the human world don't really mix. But in Carnival Row, it's it feels pretty seamless. It feels like, yeah, this could happen and this is what it would have looked like back then. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty seamless. Like, you can't really look at it and say, like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. It's just... Yeah, this feels out of place. And the, they do a good job of combining. And I think that works out because the humans are given the, the majority of the power, so you have the fake creatures coming in in the human's world back then. Almost. I mean, yeah, it, it is an allegory, and we can recognize ourselves... In this story, so yeah. that is probably why it it seems like it works. The best fantasy, the best sci-fi, isn't afraid to shy away from that kind of stuff. They're all allegorical looks at ourselves and the world around us, and I love, I love stuff like this that just embraces that. So go watch it. So you and I consume a lot of different types of entertainment, yeah. not just movies and TV, although. That is our bread and butter. I wish we could make money watching movies and TV. Oh, that'd be great. We did, yeah. We'd be playing video games. Really proficient yeah. at that. That's right. So we play video games. Obviously, we've talked about Breath of the Wild three times now on every single. And I, I'm just starting Gears of War five, which is pretty fun. I forget how beautiful 4K games are until I <laughs> go back to them. Yeah, 4K game. Spoiled. Yeah. But I mean. You read books a lot. I read books some. Usually I listen to audiobooks because yeah. it's easier when I'm having to drive for work. We listen to music. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Let's talk about some things we recommend. Things we recommend. Do you have anything that you've read or seen or watched or listened to recently that you would recommend? So I guess... A book series that I'm almost done with. Uh, there's three books in the series. It's uh, called The Last Final Girl. It's a whole series about, in a horror movie, you always have the uh, the one person, the final girl that, you know, gets away. Uh, I believe Cabin in the Woods did that whole, they got into that whole stuff of how you always have to have that one person that gets out to tell the story. And this one is, hey, what happens if uh, she goes on and tries to kill all the slashers and stuff? Uh, essentially becoming a superhero in a sense. Very Ash Williams from Evil Dead, except female. And it's pretty much that same. It's very, it's got horror tropes in it, but it's also done very tongue-in-cheek. It knows what it is. Quote-unquote written by a guy called Jack Quaid. Um, I think that's a, a pseudonym. And... It's framed as a guy who found old screen transcripts from uh, uh, screenplays from the 80s of this guy who's very Hunter S. Thompson-esque, uh, th this character, Jack Quaid. So he goes and finds his screenplays. It's uh, bookended by those kind of things. has some pro problematic stuff in it. And I'm guessing it's not calling the problematic stuff out. 
It is sometimes. Okay. So that's why I really love the way it's doing stuff in this book. It doesn't do it as much as I would like, but it does call it out. So let me try to understand. It's written that the narrator is telling you about a screenplay he found. Yeah, about almost like he adapted it. The last... Final Girl. Final Girl. Movies that were going to be made in the 80s but never got made. So he's introducing it like they do the Twilight. Twilight Zone. That's what it's called. Twilight Zone. Sure. Where they tell you a little parable and then it launches into the... Except the parable isn't really a parable. It's more like, hey, this is guy heavy drinking. He went on a binge and wrote this in a weekend and I found it. (laughs) So it's... I think the, the premise of it is slashers are... People that were too evil to go to hell. So they just keep getting reanimated. So it goes into the whole, like, why can he keep killing a slasher? And he comes back in another movie. And the only way to really kill him is to behead him. So I recommend it. If you got Amazon Kindle, I recommend it. Go find it. Super cheap if you get the Kindle version. Or I also use an app called Libby. And if you have a local library card, you can connect your card to this app and access free books through your library on your phone. So I listen to audiobooks that way. I can also get digital books that way. It does not have all books, so I don't know if it has the one you're talking about, but I always check there first because, you know, free. Yeah. There's options. So how about you? Anything you've been listening to, reading, or whatever? I mean, I... I have gotten into web comics. I downloaded an app called Webtoons so I could follow this comic called Lore Olympus and uh, it's kind of a cute reimagining of Greek gods, goddesses, um, Hades and Persephone, whatever. It's fun but that's not the one I want to talk about although I do recommend it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's really good. And, and plus, in Lore Olympus, the comic tries to clean up some of the problematic things that, you know, the gods did a lot of, or call them out on it. So, uh, also appreciate that modern type of retelling. Yeah, because a lot of those old god stories are, uh, rough. Yeah. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah. So, um... The comic that I started this week is called Seed, and it is about a super intelligent AI that they, being the scientists... The man, yeah. Right, decide to deprogram because it stopped responding. So they shut it down as a fail-safe. But they did not shut it down soon enough because it got out. And so now there's a high school girl with an app on her phone that is actually a super intelligent AI who is trying to learn about the world around it through her. And so far, it has been very fun. The artwork's great. It is slightly futuristic, so seeing technology that we'll probably have in just about five years <laughs> is interesting um well that we already have i mean well that too there's that thing that we're consumer products are like five to ten years behind what you know so 
like at her high school though they have um the the vending machines are based on facial recognition and so the kids don't need to like pay or put coins in or anything like that and they can just and so at the very beginning of this comic she gets in trouble so she gets her privileges suspended and so she can't you know access the vending machine um but the whole school's you know, connected to the internet, connected I mean, to like, the doors and the faucets and stuff that you don't really think about being We're connected to the internet right now. End. Exactly. I mean, they have self-driving cars, which I know we have, but it's, it, like, she's, like, taking it like it's a cab. Um, yeah, I mean, so it becomes commonplace. It is slightly futuristic, but just a few years. I'm just interested to see where they take the story because we've seen lots of movies where the AI becomes bad because you know it decides that humans don't know how to take care of themselves and it just wants to annihilate us hello Skynet or GLaDOS or what's the one in iRobot iRobot (laughs) (laughs) the robot no, he's the savior. I mean, you have the architect matrix. You have all these different types of AI. Uh, benevolent, malevolent people, you know? So anyway, I'm just interested to see if this will be any different. Where they're going to take the AI. How the, the corporate intrigue that she's built in already, where that's going to go. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. One of these days I need to get into webcomics. Yeah. I've read a few and then I just kind of drop off. <laughs> we have you some... can't wait a week to... <sighs> I have a stack of comics from Torok, the new relaunch, and I have not read any of them. <laughs> There's about five. I'm just collecting them at this point. Speaking of comics... I need to figure out if Hex Wives is going anywhere now that that yeah, for DC yeah, yeah has gone dark. I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Yeah, not that they closed down. issues was it? Six, I think is what I have. It ended up pretty dark. It and did. That's the last one, right? Yeah, it ended on a really big climactic scene. And... I'm really dying to know what happens afterwards. I don't know. So, yeah. I follow the guy who wrote them, Ben Blacker, and I just need to go to his Twitter or something. I'm sure he's going to say where it's going, if anywhere. Yeah, maybe gets picked up by like one of the streaming channels. He becomes a show. Hopefully. I mean, he's written some of the like Star Wars comics, or short stories, and he seems like someone in the industry who's yeah, connected. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, it lands and he's written some big stuff. Yeah. So uh, another thing you recommend, X Wives. You can find it, I guess. Yes. Right. That's Hex with an H. H E X Wives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good premise. It's just people finding out through witches. Mm-hmm. The old classical. Um, it's a very Stepford Wives meets Switches. Yeah. You recommend uh, the webcomic Seed? Yes. Yeah. 
And I recommend uh, Jack Quaid's The Last Final Girl series on uh, on ebook. Yeah. And Carnival Row for sure. It's really great. It's really, really great. Um, and uh, any final words you got for this episode, Kayla? We went Halloween decoration shopping. Oh, yeah, we did go Halloween decoration shopping. That's exciting. They had a skeleton for an octopus. Yeah. Which is not, I mean, in my head, I'm just like, it's Cthulhu head. <laughs> it makes sense. Doesn't matter. Don't take that away from me, anybody. And yeah, bought a bunch of pumpkins. Little yes. tiny, little like bag doll pumpkins. Right. Uh, like a canvas material. Yeah. Or burlap, burlap. Yeah. Some burlap. Plush? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that a thing? Does that make sense? Burlap is so hard <laughs> and rough. No, I get what you mean. They're little stuffed burlap pumpkins and pine, pine cones and leaves. I love leaves. I, I know the way some of our friends love Halloween and crave it year round. I feel that way about fall. Like I mean, the Halloween's autumn, fun, right? but autumn to me, yes, it's just oh, that's what I miss. Big piles of leaves to jump into. Because you grew up in Indiana, and so yeah. we had big trees. And I grew up in lots Texas, of leaves. which is the desert. Still, really nice desert though. I sure. Love Texas. When I was a kid, and we were moving to Texas. I knew it was desert. But I imagined giant sand dunes, and I was very sad. <laughs> you have mesas. I thought everything would look like the Looney Tunes desert. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Right? Yes. Coyotes and roadrunners. Um, but yeah, it's raining finally, too. That was nice this morning. Yeah. I mean, hard to get out of bed and go to work when it's raining and stormy and... I just want to curl up on the couch and play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> You're still playing. <laughs> and read my webcomic at the same time while things are loading. Yeah, if only, oh, only they had an app that could read it to you <clears throat> that didn't sound so robotic. That'd be great. So, you're right. But I also do that. I listen to audiobooks while I'm playing Minecraft or Breath of the Wild or something where I don't really have to be listening to. Multitasking, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have limited time, man, so I need to get in all of my media and entertainment content. Yeah, I have to be laser-focused on what I'm doing, or else something comes out not great. <laughs> I'm either doing one thing pretty good, or I'm doing a bunch of things, and I'm going to have to go back at some point and redo them all. Um, yeah, I get that, too. <laughs> so, I guess with that, we'll bring episode three to an end. Um, and Halloween's coming up, so I can't wait for those shows. Anyway, you guys have a have a good night.